seat. Nothing's worked out today. I know how awkward it is to be standing there trying to sing songs you don't know the lyrics to. But that's not always a bad thing because like Sarah said, sometimes you can just let those words wash over you. Because honestly, sometimes when we're singing those songs, we're so focused on sounding okay or not letting somebody hear us that we don't really let those words sink into who we are. So I think times like that is great. I think God had that plan for a reason. But nothing's worked out today. Like, we didn't even have an amp for the guitar. Because Corey is at the beach and didn't think, that, hey, leave the amp. You know what I mean? And that's okay because God has a reason for it, you know? And, like, I think sometimes when we think when bad things happen that there's no purpose in them. You know what I mean? Or when something doesn't go right, there's no purpose in it. That was just, that's a bad day. You know what I mean? Or that's something bad that happened. But I think the way that we have to look at those things is that God purposed those things. That God has a reason for those things. But let's be honest. Like, when something bad happens, it just makes you tired. Right? Like, you feel exhausted. Like, something bad happened, and you're like, I just want to go home. This day is done. Let's move on. You know what I mean? Or you become so stressed out or so filled with anxiety that that's the thing you focus on for the rest of the day. See, but we have to begin to look at those things a little bit differently. And today we're actually going to talk about that. So it's really cool. And you're like, it's really cool that we didn't have lyrics? It's really cool that you didn't have an name? Yeah, I think it's really cool because I think God was teaching us something before he got to his word. Like, how good is that? Well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray. Because I'm going to tell you guys this for real. I am not sufficient to bring the word of God to you. I'm not. Like, I'm messed up. I'm a sinner. I'm all these things. I cannot bring the word of God by my own power. I am not an elegant speaker or any of those things. But the Father God, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, will equip us so that we can hear the word of God. He'll use me, just like he can use you, to be a microphone. Like, that's all I want to be today. Is I just want to be a speaker in everything that I say. I just want to be from the literal mouth of God. Right? Like, I just want to be his microphone that he's holding and looking good up there. And he's just saying all these words. And all I am is a speaker, this microphone that's blasting those words to y'all. And I can't do that myself. So let's go, Lord, in prayer. Father God, thank you so much for who you are, Lord God. Thank you for the trials. Thank you for the messed up stuff. And thank you for the bad things that happen daily, Father God. And I know that sounds weird to say. In a world where we believe these things are to break us down. But Father God, help us to see the purpose in things that don't always go exactly right. Father God, help us to see that there can actually be reward in these things. Father God, help us to see how we refresh ourselves. Father God, help us to see your glory and your presence and your power. Lord God, help us to focus not on the outside world, but solely on Jesus Christ. The one our heart loves, Father God. The one that we desire, Father. The one that we need. The one that saves us from the penalty of death, Father God. Help us to focus completely and solely upon you, Lord. As we sit here, Father God, let this not be preaching that we hear, but let it be a word from our Father. Let it be love. Let it be comforting and let it bring peace, Lord God. Let your word speak in such a way. And Father God, empty me of myself and fill me with your spirit. And do not let this be Ricky Wilson, but let this be the word of God through a microphone, through an amplifier, just to amplify your voice and not my own because I'm imperfect, but through your son, I'm worthy. Let's preach. Let's move. Let's see you have such a movement that it doesn't end at 1115, Father God, but it continues all throughout this week. Father God, that it takes our heart 
hearts. And it moves them and shifts them in such a way where it's not about us, but now it's about the Father. Let's see you move, Lord God. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, you guys like vacation? Everybody likes vacation, right? Like you want to go on vacation, you want to have time away from work and all those things. So usually when you have a vacation plan, that's what you look forward to, right? You're like, I want to go on vacation. I'm excited to go on vacation. I need to save up money. What for? Vacation. You know what I mean? I need to book a place. What for? Vacation. I need to have everything perfect. I need to have a swimsuit for vacation. I need to have clothes for vacation. I need to have everything ready for vacation. And you get to vacation and it's amazing. But by the fourth day, you're like, okay, I'm ready to go home. Does that ever happen to you guys? Some people are like, sometimes, not all the time. Well, when you have kids and you're on vacation, it's great. But eventually you're ready for them to get back in their own crib. Right, because their sleep schedules are all messed up, and they're like, okay, I've been away, I've had my refresh time, I think I'm ready to go home and have a vacation for my vacation. You know what I mean? You're like, I'm just ready to be home. Or when you go to work, you're ready to go home. Like, you get there, it's 9 a.m., you've been there 10 minutes, like, oh man, it's time to go home, it's only 9.10, what the heck? Why is this day dragging on? You know what I mean? Then you start to look forward to lunch, and you're like, if I could just make it to lunch. I'm be good. <laughs> if I could just make it to lunch, it's going to be a good day. Then I get to go home five hours later. Right? You're like, come on. Come on. Let's move this thing along. So home is something special to us, right? When I was a little kid, I had a grandma. She was crazy. But I also had a step-grandpa. He's a jerk. But let's not get into that. And uh, it was Christmas. And I love Christmas. I think I was like eight years old. Maybe ten. Between eight. And I had a Super Nintendo. Y'all know the Super Nintendo is? Okay. I had Donkey Kong. That was my stuff. Y'all know what Donkey Kong is? Yeah? Donkey Kong playing the game, the big monkey and the little monkey? They roll around, do their thing, you know what I'm talking about? You're on train tracks, all that fun stuff. I loved Donkey Kong when I was eight years old. And there was a new Donkey Kong that came out, and it was called Donkey Kong, guess what, 2. And I wanted it, and I didn't even know it was a thing, because I was super poor, so usually I, all I had was Donkey Kong. And then my grandma got it for me for Christmas, and I was like, okay, this is awesome. I get to play Donkey Kong 2. Okay, so I was playing Donkey Kong 2, and then I got bored of it in like 10 minutes. And then um, I was supposed to go to my grandma's house. But she stayed like at her house, and the, her husband came and picked me up and picked up my sister, so there was... Three of, uh, three of my sisters and me, and we were on our way to Cincinnati, and I lived about 30 minutes outside of Cincinnati, so it wasn't a far drive. And so he came all the way, picked us up, and then we were on our way back to Cincinnati. And in Cincinnati, there's this big yellow bridge, it's called the Big Back Bridge, because it looks like the McDonald's logo. And so we were on the Big Back Bridge, and I was like, I want to go home. <laughs> and I told him that. And he was like, I just drove and picked you up, and we're five minutes away, we're not going home. And I was like, I want to go home. And then I started to cry. And I was like, trust me, I'm going home. And so we went through this battle at this point, and we get there, and I'm just, I'm still crying. It's been 30 minutes, you know what I mean? We're there, I'm still crying. I was like, I want to go home. And he was like, no. And I was like, I want to go home. And I was a really bad kid. So like, if I wanted something to happen, and they didn't give it to me, now, my parents didn't do this, but with them, I would just break something. Like, that's what I did. 
You know what I mean? I remember being at these one people's house and they had these nice bricks outside. And I was like, where did my mom go? And they were like, I don't know. Well, I picked up the brick and I threw it on the other brick and broke, broke the bricks. And they were like, you jerk. And I was like, I told you. We're going to play this game all night long until you tell me where my mom went. You know what I mean? And like, I don't know if you remember, I think I was like 11, so I don't know if that's what I said. And you guys are like 11, that's pretty old. I was a messed up kid, I'm telling you. And so, I was like 10 years old, I'm crying to go home. Crying to go home, I just want to be home. I don't know what it was, you know, but I just wanted to be home. I just wanted to be with my parents at that time. You know, this was before my parents got addicted to drugs and all that. So I just wanted to be home. And so he kept saying, no, 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 no. And then I just threw a holy fit, and I picked up this big glass, like, I don't even know what it was, and I just threw it on the ground. Like the song, throw it on the ground, you know what I mean? Like, I just threw it on the ground. And he was like, oh, my gosh. And he was going to whip me, but luckily I was faster than him. And I ran away from him, and I was like, I told you I wanted to go home. And you guys are like, man, you're the worst kid. Be like, I would have whipped you with a paddle. And my grandma probably was going to. I don't remember. But I was just like, I want to go home. And he got in the car and drove me all the way back home. And I had to drive all the way back to Cincinnati. And then had to drive my sisters home three days later. And when I got home, I was just happy. You know, I was just happy. Finally, I made it back home. I'm back where I wanted to be. And my, my step-grandpa was just all mad. You know what I mean? I mean, I would be pretty mad too, driving two hours. Like that. Like, I think about it now, and I'm like, oh my gosh. I would have punched me in the face. You know what I mean? Like, I would have been so mad. But I just had this desire to be home, and I was going to do anything that I could to get home. Like, if he would have took me home, I probably would have hitchhiked home. You know what I mean? I would have stolen his car when he was sleeping, something. Like, I would have gotten home because I had such a desire. I had such a need to be back home. See, I think all of us have that need. Like, there's just something special about our homes. Right? Like, even if you live in a place and you can't wait to buy a new place, but you, you just have this special thing. Home gives you rest and home gives you peace. And you might have one seat. Most people do. You might have one seat in your home where you're just like, I want to be in that chair. Or I just want to be in that place. Or I just want to be in my bed watching Netflix, eating pizza, and having a good time. Right? Like, we all have that one place where it seems like it brings us rest. And it brings us energy. But there's just something really, really special about home. And as I think about those memories that I had, like that time where I just wanted to be home, I think about it and I was like, home was just great. You know, and I chased those, ex- those memories of home a lot of the time. It's like at Christmas time when you are recreating it. Maybe you have kids or maybe you don't. You just want to create the, recreate these memories that you had of Christmas. Right? Like you go to all these places and you're trying to make everything so special and you make cookies the same way every year. And you guys go to these light shows and you're expecting this certain feeling. And then you get to Christmas and it's the day before Christmas and you look at your husband or your wife or your significant other or your friend. And you're like, it just doesn't feel like Christmas. Does that ever happen to you all? That happens to me every year. I'm just like, it doesn't feel like Christmas. I've done every little thing, but... I think the reason that it never feels like we expect it to feel is because we're chasing a memory that we can't experience again. See, we're chasing home. But what if in what we're chasing is not actually home? See, what if there's something inside of us that chases home, but we can't reach home? Like my grandpa was the obstacle keeping me away from home. And I thought once I got past that obstacle that everything would be okay and I would feel at home. And I got there and it was good, but it wasn't as good as I expected. 
You know, I think that we are always chasing home. Even when we're on vacation, we want to be home. If you have anxiety, which I used to have really bad anxiety, I never wanted to leave home. I have a sister. She has four kids. It is like pulling teeth to get her to go to the store. Because she just wants to be home. See, we all have that desire inside of us just to be home. Now, I think the reason is because we all have something called a soul. So over the last few weeks, I've been on an exploration of knowledge. I've been chasing all this fun stuff, trying to figure out what the heck do I feel so tired all the time? Why the heck do I feel so tired all the time? Why do sometimes I just wake up in the morning and I'm like, I'm still tired? Or why do I go throughout the day and just be like, man, I feel so like exhausted. Like I'm not, I couldn't go to sleep. I just feel exhausted. And I figured out it's because we have a soul, and our soul gets tired. Did you guys know that? We have a soul, and our soul gets tired. See, it's because like us, when we're away from home, we just get exhausted. We just want to be home where we can regain energy. See, our souls have that same thing too. See, our souls have a home, but our home is with the Father. When our souls are separated from the Father, we're just always going to feel tired. We're always going to feel exhausted. We're always going to feel like we are searching for home and we're trying to recapture those memories, but we can't recapture those memories because we've never truly experienced home. And some of you might like, I feel that same way. I just feel tired all the time. How do you refresh your soul? Well, we're going to look at Psalm 23. And if you've never been to a funeral, you know this song. I don't know why. Every time I go to a funeral, well, they recite this psalm. And when they teach you how to do funerals, they're like, recite this psalm. I'm like, but why? Like, this is beautiful. Why does this have to be recited at a funeral? If you've ever been to a funeral, you have heard this. And that's probably the only time you've heard it in your entire life. But I just think it's a beautiful psalm. And I think it really teaches us something about ourselves. So we're going to read Psalm 23. We're going to read the whole thing. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley in the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me and your rod and your staff. They comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So as I was exploring our souls and figuring out that our souls need a restore, that our souls need refreshment, this psalm really spoke to me. Because in this psalm, we see that the Father restores the soul. That when we have a tired soul, what we really need is the Father. His presence around us. His presence near us. And over the next like seven weeks or something, we're going to explore the other things that our soul needs. We're going to explore what our soul needs to feel refreshed so that we can feel refreshed spiritually and physically and mentally. We're going to do that as a church and we're going to call this series Summer for Your Soul because summer's when everybody goes on vacation, right? Like I think our souls need a vacation from our craziness. 
I think our souls need a vacation. That our souls need to be restored so that we don't just find a seven day restoration. So that we don't just feel refreshment for seven days. But so that we learn how to have lasting refreshment. See, I believe that if our souls are healthy, we'll be healthy. Now, it's crazy because I also found out that there's three parts to us. Right? There's our soul. There's our mind. And there's our body. Now, your mind can make decisions and you can come up with all kinds of stuff in your mind. But without your body, can you carry any of them out? No, if you're just a brain in a tube, you need something to carry it out, right? You need something to carry out your ideas. You need something to carry out the things that you have decided, to carry out your knowledge, to carry out your wisdom. Now, our minds can be unhealthy, right? Our minds can have all these bad thoughts in them. Our mind can have evil in them. Our minds can have these decisions that are not good. And then there's our body, and our body carries out the decisions of our mind. Now, our bodies can be unhealthy, right? Like, everything in the world can make our bodies unhealthy. We have to be very careful. And when our bodies are unhealthy, they can't always carry out our mind's will. And then there's our souls. And for our souls to be healthy, for our souls to be refreshed, our soul, our mind, and our body have to operate in harmony. See, I think the reason we feel exhausted, the reason why we feel like we're never accomplishing anything, is because we're trying to go three separate directions and never bringing anything into a harmonious direction. Like our mind's doing one thing, our body's doing another, and our soul's doing something completely different. See, this is why I believe that if you don't know the Father, that you never can be happy. That you can never have joy and you can never have a life that you've always dreamed of that you were purposed for. Because if your soul does not have the Father, then your soul will always be unhealthy. You can have the healthiest mind in the world. You can have the healthiest body. But if your soul is not content and refreshed within the Father, all that you will do is accomplish the will in the body, which will accomplish nothing. So we have to have our mind, our soul, and our body healthy. And as we see today, we'll see that the Father brings refreshment to our souls. And over the next seven weeks, we'll see a few other things that our souls need. But in this, in this psalm, it's so cool because this psalm was written by a dude named David. And you're like, well, he leads me into green pastures. He lies me down. I feel good. But what's this whole valley of shadow of death. And you guys have heard this. You might have it tattooed on you, right? Like you've heard these verses and it's about walking through this valley. So he goes from green pastures to a valley. And then he goes to this table. Like what's this about? See, David was the king of Israel. And you might be thinking, well, obviously he had to have had a good life. He was a king. This dude was a king. He had everything he could ever desire, right? But David had a little bit more of an interesting life than we think. And and David wrote most of the Psalms, and typically all the Psalms are these happy things after a lot of turmoil. So he's like, literally, I have nothing. My tongue swells up inside of my mouth. It feels like I'm dying. I haven't eaten in 30 days. And the sun is so hot. And then he says, but Lord, you bring refreshment. And he says, even though this sucks and this sucks, Lord, I still know you are good. Even though my body burns with pain, my soul is reminded that you are good. And it's a similar thing in this psalm. But David had some sons. 
David was a warrior king, so he fought in a lot of battles. And David had some cool stuff happen. But David's son tried to take his kingdom. And he was killed. David's other son literally raped his daughter. David had somebody killed to cover up a pregnancy with a woman that wasn't his wife. And we think, well, okay, maybe I didn't know those things about David. Maybe he didn't have it so good. You know what I mean? Maybe he sounds like he's got some trouble going on. Right? Like he's got some problems. See, all the Psalms give us a little bit more close look at David. A man who literally God said was after his own heart. A man that was anointed by God to be the king of Israel. But also a man that after he got anointed was chased by the former king for years in the wilderness. Like he had to live in a cave because there was a king chasing him and trying to kill him with an army. Right? So when we think of David, we don't always think about all those other things that go along with it. So David had to have been tired. David had to have been exhausted. Could you imagine being chased by an army? Like, when I was a kid, I would get chased by my sisters. And I was always exhausted from that. I remember this one time, I was running and I seen a soccer net. And I was like, okay. I can jump that soccer net. You know what I mean? And as I'm running, I'm like, I can do it. It's six foot tall, but I think I can make it. I'm 5'5", five five, but let's see what I can do. You know what I mean? I was wearing my good shoes. So I'm running and I try to jump over the soccer net. What happens? I don't make it. I fall and get smashed into that soccer net. And then I got all these bruises all over me and I'm just crying. And my sister's coming. They have no mercy. They're just beating the crap out of me. So it's like now I just embarrass myself in front of everybody. And now I got beat up. When I was running, I thought I had a chance. But then the soccer net promptly stopped me from thinking that. Right? Like sometimes we just feel like we are running from something and then eventually we just get caught up in it. Eventually we hit it and everything comes and everything just falls on top of us and we feel like there's no way to go. See, David, when he was writing this psalm, was probably in one of the hardest times in his entire life. Because he's talking about this valley of shadow of death. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will feel fear no evil for you are with me. Now, the valley of the shadow of death was really interesting in the Bible. Because it was literally during like the flood year, water would course through there. So the whole valley was made through water coursing through here. But during the spring, it was just this really dark area that you had to go through to get a lot of places. And robbers would come and they would sit up in the nooks and crannies of this place and wait for people to walk through. And when someone walked through, they would jump down on top of them, beat them up, and take their stuff. Right? Like they would wait for somebody. So can you imagine like standing on one side and being like, oh, it's like a cartoon. It's all green right here. And then there's this dark area. And you're like, I really need eggs. So I guess I got to go to the grocery store. You know what I mean? And you start walking through this valley. And the whole time you're like, oh, what was that? It was a squirrel. Okay, I'm good. Well, this dude's got a knife. This does not look like a good, you know what I mean? So you were like literally in fear. Every time you had to cross through them, you were waiting for something bad to happen. But David says, even though I walk through this dark valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. What? A rod? 
How does a rod comfort you? See, it's cool because David is using this like parallelism. That it, para, uh, I can't say it. Michelle, help me out later. And uh, he's he, this rod and this staff, right? And he says, this rod comforts me. This staff comforts me. Now, the staff is the sheep, the staff of a shepherd. So it's to pull the sheep back in and to keep them close to the father. But the rod is discipline. The rod is the valley. When you feel like you're going through a hard time and you're like, why is this happening? And why is this so bad? Well, God is disciplining you. Sometimes God does have to discipline us. That sounds bad, right? Like God disciplines us? What's he do? How, how does he discipline us? Well, sometimes it's just through a trial. Or sometimes it's through the way that you're feeling. Or sometimes it's through a situation that you put yourself in. See, God has to discipline us so that we can understand the goodness of his uh, staff. So that we can understand he has to discipline us and that's what makes him good. Because without discipline, I wouldn't understand how good his staff is. I wouldn't understand how good he is. See, without the trials and the hard situations, we can never understand the salvation that comes from the Father. Without the hard times, without the times in our past where I feel like they've been awful and they just hurt us and they put us in bad situations. Well, without that, you would never understand how good God is. Right? Because if you don't know what good and evil are, you'll never understand either one of them. If only good things happen to you, you'll never understand the bad. And if only good things happen to you, you'll never understand that they're really good. See, so David had to go through all these situations. He had to go through all of this turmoil, all this death, all this hurt for him to understand truly how good God was. For him to understand that the rod sometimes doesn't feel good, that sometimes it makes us feel like God is not with us. But God is still with you because it says you are with me. You are still with me. You're still there. Your rod, your discipline brings comfort. Your staff also brings comfort. It's this harmonious action. Right? And so even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. And before that, it says, you lay me down in green pastures. See, sometimes there are those times when you're just at peace. You just feel good. Everything is going right. Everything feels great. Those don't always last forever, trust me. The green valleys won't always... Last for ever. Just like that. So they won't always last forever. But what the green valleys do is they prepare you for a time when you have to walk through the valley. They prepare you. Jose, go to that next slide. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. So understand this. I said David was a warrior. So sometimes they would have no food. And David's writing this and he's using this illustration of war where there's enemies all around because he says, you prepare for me in the presence of my enemies. And that's that next one. But don't worry about that. Just know that it says that you prepare for me in the presence of my enemies. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Could you imagine being in a place where everybody hates you and just coming up in there and sitting down for dinner? Like, let's say you're at work and everybody hates you at work, okay? But the boss likes you. 
So everybody just absolutely hates you, but the boss likes you. And the boss is like, hey, let's go have lunch in front of everybody and nobody's invited except for you. Could you imagine that? You'd just be like, okay. Deborah's got a knife. <laughs> like, I'm, get, I'm getting a little nervous, Barbara. Deborah's going to get us, right? Like, you're just like, oh my gosh. Like, there's all this turmoil going on. And God's just like, hey, come have a seat with me. Barbara's like, hey, come have a seat with me. Let's talk about how great you're doing. Hey, let, let me give you a special button that you wear. That's the anointing of oil, right? Let me give you a special gold star that you get to wear and be like, hey, Deborah, look at my button. You know what I mean? You're like, hey, Deborah, you suck. Look at me. You know? Can you imagine sitting down at that table and having all those people around you? And Barbara's just sitting in front. I don't know where I got these names from. But Barbara's just sitting in front of you and like, oh, man, you're so good. Like, you're such a good employee. Could you imagine sitting down with the Father God in the presence of your enemies? So in the presence of everybody who hates you, in the presence of everybody who seeks bad for you, and God sitting you down at a table and being like, I, God being like, I love all these people too, but right now, I just need to focus on you. Right now, you're here. Right now, you're in my presence. Right now, I'm going to bring your soul refreshment. And even though you just walked through a valley of the shadow of death, even though there's all these enemies around, even though war is literally going on, I want to sit down with you and I want to focus on you and I want to refresh you with my word. I want to refresh you with oil. I want to put it upon your head and I just want you to focus solely on me. I just want you to feel my presence. I just want you to experience goodness and love and I want you to dwell in my house forever. See, the reason that they do recite this at funerals is because of this last part. See, the valley and the pastures are symbols for life. As we walk through this life, we eventually reach this place where we get to be with the Father. Where He prepares a table for us in His presence. Where all of our enemies and all of the troubles and all of the valleys and all of the pastures are sitting outside as we just focus solely upon the Father. See, we have valleys. We have pastures. We have bad things that happen. We have good things that happen. We have discipline that has to occur. We have a shepherd's rod that pulls us and pulls us back to where we're supposed to be when we go through this other road. And we take this road that we think is good, but really it's not. And we take this road or make this decision that we think is going to be great and it doesn't turn out great. See, we have all these things, but then we get to come and we get to take a seat before the Father where we get to truly experience what home really is for the first time in our entire lives. See, the reason that we never feel at home, the reason that we seek our actual home, but it never gives us the feeling that we desire is because our souls are not in harmony with our body because our souls desire to be with the Father. Our souls desire to be home. Our souls to desire to experience the one who created them. The book of Genesis says that we are created in the image of God. See, some people think that this means the, the face or the attributes or whatever. And I agree with some of those. But I think the true image of God, the true presence of the Father that He gave us was our soul. Which sits inside of us. Which always desires because of sin to be reunited at home with the Father. The reason that we look back at those memories and say, I wish I could recreate it, is because it's just a memory. 
See, but the memory, the reason you want to recreate it is because your soul knows that there's something more than what you are giving it. Your soul doesn't need Netflix. You know what I mean? Like Stranger Things is probably really cool. I haven't watched it. I'm going to check it out. Don't worry. I'm going to watch it. It's probably going to be great. I'm probably going to be like, hey, this is the greatest show I've ever watched. But my soul doesn't need Stranger Things. You know, maybe my mind does. Maybe my body does. And that's good for you to refresh those also. But my soul does not need Stranger Things. My soul does not need Domino's Pizza. Neither does my body. You know what I mean? Your body, your soul does not need Domino's Pizza. Willie Taco is really good. But your soul probably doesn't need one of them hot chicks. That's a taco they have. <laughs> your soul probably doesn't. It is good. But your soul don't need that. Your body don't need that. Maybe your mind does. Because have you all ever had that time when your mind is just telling you that you need chocolate? And you're sitting there in the car and you're like, I just need some chocolate. I'm supposed to be on diet. I can't get no chocolate. And then your mind is like, you need chocolate. Like, if you don't get chocolate, you're going to explode. Does that ever happen to you? Okay. I'm not crazy. Okay, because I tell Sarah this and Sarah's like, you can stop yourself from doing that. And I'm like, no. You don't understand. I'm going to kill somebody if I don't get this. Like, that's the way I feel inside. You know what I mean? Like, I just need chocolate. I spent $8 on a chocolate bar once. Like, I just needed that chocolate. See, sometimes our mind does need those things. Like, I'm not saying, hey, don't listen to secular music. I'm not saying, hey, you can't watch that movie. I'm not saying, do you really need this restaurant? No, I'm saying that our soul doesn't need those things. But sometimes our mind does. Sometimes our body does. And it's okay to feed those things. But the truth is, if you're not feeding your soul and letting your soul rest in the Father in the presence of the Lord, then trust me, your body and your mind will be the one controlling you. And if your body and your mind is controlling you, you're going to end up in some really bad situations. Because if your body and mind have the control, you're going to end up in things that please the body and the mind. What are things that please the body and the mind? Well, there's a lot. Sex. Like, you know what I mean? Your body, it wants sex. That's true. Your body desires sex. Your body wants that. And there's a place for that. God created it. It's awesome, right? But when your body just craves it, your body's not going to lead you into the right sexual relationship. Right? It's going to be way worse than what you could have had. What else does our bodies crave? Our bodies crave, our minds crave to forget. How do we forget? Well, we drink a lot. Right? Or we're like, man, I have such bad anxiety. I really just need some marijuana, some wacky weed, some wacky tobacco, some Mary Jane. Like, I just need some of that. You know what I mean? I want some of that blue indigo, some of that pineapple express. You, you feel? You know what I'm talking about? Like, your mind is just like, I need that to, re to resemble myself. I need that to rest. No, your body's just trying to make you forget that your soul is really exhausted. Your mind is just trying to tell you, hey, look for the soul. Look for the mind. Satisfy that. Don't worry about your soul. Because if our minds and our bodies can keep us off of the soul, then we never experience the goodness that we can have. We never get to experience the table with the Father because we're so busy craving what our bodies and our minds tell us we need. It's like people say, well, I need rest. Yes, you need rest. You need rest. But 13 hours of rest is probably a little bit too much. You know what I mean? If you go home and you're like, man, I just need to rest. I'm tired. And you sit in a chair. And I do this. That's the only reason I'm saying it. 
And I turn on a show, and then six hours later, I'm like, how am I in the sixth season of The Office? <laughs> like, what just happened? It feels like it's been 20 minutes. And then I got a Nintendo Switch, and I don't play video games very much, but I played this game called Civilization. I haven't played it in three months because I played it for three and a half hours. Sarah went somewhere and came home, and I was like, what are you doing home early? And she's like, I've been gone for three hours. I was like, what? Okay, my civilization died. I got into a war, couldn't sustain it, got killed, had to restart. It was so depressing. But sometimes rest becomes something our body and our mind needs, but our soul needs to rest in something else. So we chase the Netflix or we chase the video games, but it doesn't refresh our souls because our souls doesn't need that. See, our bodies and our minds might need, might need a bit of that. Our body and my minds might need some of that, but our soul needs the Father. And if you're never giving your soul the Father, you will forever and ever and ever remain exhausted. Your body, your mind, and your soul will never be in sync until you give the soul your, the Father. See, back in the 60s and the 70s, they were called the hippies, right? See, my mom was a hippie, so trust me, I grew up a hippie. My mom is crazy. But anyway, so like, she just loved everything hippie. She would have these crystal balls all over our house and like all this stuff. See, the hippies were chasing something for our souls. They were chasing something and they had this movement to chase peace because they thought it would bring peace to our souls. They thought that marijuana would calm the anxiety and that being able to party and let yourself be who you really are would bring the refreshment. And it brought their minds and their bodies good times, right? Like y'all ever heard of Woodstock? Like it brought their minds and their bodies good times. But their souls were still desiring something. Because if your soul is not rooted in the Father, trust me, you will never have joy. You will never have hope. And you will continue running on the hamster wheel of life, looking for something, exhausting yourself, going through relationship after relationship, going through the next beer can to the next one, going through the next one to the next one, like trying to find what makes you happy. Hey, let me tell you something. You can't be happy. You can't operate in harmony until you've experienced a table with the Father where He's looking at you and He's saying, oh my gosh, you're the most amazing person I've ever seen right now. You're the one I desire. Let me give peace. Let me give home. To your soul. Let me show you that the relationships of the world, the, the women, that the men, that the marriages, they don't matter as much as my soul matters, as much as the image that I've given you to bear me matters. Let me give you refreshment. Why does nothing ever feel as good as it should? When we get a new job, we think it'll bring peace. When we get a new car, we think we'll be happy. Taylor's going through this right now. He bought a brand new car and he's like, man, I really want an SUV. Like, that's, that's how we do. We always want that next thing. We always want that next thing because we're trying to fill this soul with things. And our, fill can, our soul cannot be refilled. Our soul cannot be refreshed. And our soul will never be satisfied with things. Our soul is looking for something. We're, we're wanderers. We are nomads. We are searching. We are finding but we're never experiencing the fullness of what we can have. And it breaks my heart 
When people tell me I'm searching for something, I know I have a purpose, but I can't find it. And I'm like, well, you, do you know the Father? And they're like, no. And I'm like, well, that's what you need. And they're like, no. And I'm like, okay. But trust me, I'm not saying this because I grew up in a Christian home. I'm not saying any of that. I'm saying it because I searched everything. I've tried everything. Nothing makes me feel good. Nothing brings me peace. Nothing brings me refreshment like the Father does. You can't have a good enough bank account. Right? Like, you'll never have enough money where you're like, man, I am so refreshed. I got my boat. It's rolling. You know what I mean? I got this house. I got these cars. I got these weird dogs with funny names with all kinds of curls and stuff. Like, I'm good. No, it's not going to happen. You can live here. You can live in Missouri. You can live in Texas. You can live in Ohio. You can live in New York. You can live in Maine. You can live in New Zealand. You can live in Australia. You can live in England. Trust me, if you take your problems there, you're still going to experience the same lack of your soul until you've experienced the Father. So today, here's what I want you to understand. The Father's calling you to have a seat. Okay, maybe you know the Lord and you're just really tired. Well, just have a seat with the Father. Just sit down. He's got a table. He's got a spread. Like, you know what I mean? He's got buffalo chicken there. He's, he's got it all. It's just sitting there. He's got melon. It's good melon. It's like, it's super good. It's cantaloupe. You know what I mean? Public style. You know, like he's got it all right there. Actually, fresh market, whatever costs the most. He's got it all right there. And he's like, hey, just, just take a break. Have some water. Have some wine. It's going to be a good time. See that rhyme? And he's like, just sit down. Your mind and your body, maybe they're filled. Your mind and your body, maybe they're exhausted. But just sit down with me and let your soul lead the way. Sit down with me. Let me tell you who I am. More important, let me tell you who you are. Let me tell you how much I love you. Let me tell you that you've messed up a lot. Let me tell you that you feel exhausted. Let me tell you that you might not feel like you're where you're supposed to be in life. Let me tell you that you might be searching, that you've tried all these things and you can't find something that brings you completeness. Well, let me tell you that that's me. And let me tell you that if you sit here at this table and you focus on me, you don't focus on the sickness outside. Don't focus on your enemies. Don't focus on the problems. Don't focus on the valley that you took to get here. Just focus on me. Like, look me in the eyes. And let me tell you that I love you. Let me tell you that I love you so much that I sent my son to die for you. Let me tell you that it's exhausting trying to do it alone. Let me tell you that it's exhausting trying to keep up with the trends. That it's exhausting trying to figure out who you are by the standards of the world. Let me tell you that I love you. Let me tell you that I desire you. Let me tell you that your mind should be healthy. So do healthy things for your mind. Read. Watch some TV. Do puzzles. Have a healthy mind. Have a healthy body. Eat some green stuff every once in a while. Go to the gym. Walk, ride a bike. I got bikes this week. It sucks. Like, <laughs> like I don't know if you, I don't know if y'all have ride a bike lately, but the seats are meant to kill you. <laughs> like I'm sore. It feels like I rode a horse, like for an hour. I don't know. It's just bad. So, anyways, do something good for your body. Let your body be active. It feels good to exercise. You feel better. But don't forget about your soul. Don't forget about your soul. I feel like we need a refreshment of our souls. That we need to sit down with the Father and we need to focus on Him. 
I'm not even saying study his word right now. I'm not saying go home and read your Bible. I'm not saying pray. I'm saying sit down in the silence, sit down in the solitude, and focus on the Father. And you're like, well, I'm going to go home and sit down. There's not going to be anybody sitting there. I can't look into his eyes. Yeah, you can. Go home, sit down, turn everything off, put your phone somewhere. I don't even care. Smash it for all I care. Like, go home, sit down, sit at a table, be in the silence, and I promise you, I guarantee you, if you sit there for 30 minutes, the Father will speak to you. How's he going to say, hey, what's up, Matthew? No, he's not going to say that. But he'll begin to bring things to your mind, and I promise you this. He'll begin to speak to you in a way that you've never experienced before because you're sitting in the presence of the Father. You've gotten rid of the distractions. And just ask Him to refresh your soul. Ask Him to bring harmony to your soul. I'm convinced. Like, there's some chemical imbalances in your mind that cause depression and stuff like that. There's real medical issues, and some people need medicine. But I am convinced that when we have refreshed souls, and our body, our mind, and our soul is acting in harmony, then our anxiety will lessen. Our depression will lessen. Our tiredness will lessen. And we will get to experience the Father. We will get to experience refreshment like we've never felt before. The bank account won't matter as much. The fact that you're single won't matter as much. The fact that your wife doesn't like you won't matter as much. Get a refreshed soul and then go talk to her. You know what I mean? Like I promise you, sit with the Father. You guys all have a dad or a mom, and maybe you don't have the greatest relationship with them, but I promise you, if you guys have any memory like this, and it's weird, but I don't have a memory like this, but I've seen it on TV. And uh, do you, did you guys ever have your dad just take you to get ice cream? Or your mom just take you to get ice cream? Or like something you guys did, just the two of you. And you would sit at the table, and they would just talk to you. And you were a little kid, and you were sitting in that seat, and you just look up at them, and you say, oh my gosh, like, this is my dad. Or this is my mom. Like, this is the coolest experience I've ever had in my entire life. I'm just sitting with them. I feel like the coolest kid in the entire world, right? And you're just looking at them, and they're just talking to you, and you're eating your ice cream, and you're just having a great time. And they're just looking at you with this affection and this love, and they just, you just know that they love you. That's what the Father wants for you. Let's experience a refreshment like we've never felt before. Let's just be in the presence of the Father. Bow your heads with me. Father God, thank you. That even though there's valleys, and inside the valleys are evil, inside the valleys are criminals, inside the valleys are rebels, inside the valley are people literally trying to kill us, that we have enemies all around us, Lord, that there's people who don't like us, that there's people who think that Jesus is not real, and there's people who think that we're wasting our time by worshiping Him, and there's people who don't care, Lord God. Help us to understand that we're not looking to please people, that we're looking to sit in the presence of the Father so that we can be equipped and so that we can be prepared and so that we can understand that we don't suck. (laughs) Father God, so that we can sit with the Lord God, so that we can sit with you in peace and comfort and we can be refreshed. Lord God, we love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, a couple of things. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus and you're like, I never feel refreshed. Ricky, I, I just always feel like crap. Like, I think I'm the worst person in the entire world. 
I feel like my parents don't love me. I feel like my wife doesn't love me. I feel like my significant other doesn't love me. I feel like I don't have any friends. I feel like it's just this mess. I feel like every time I try to do something good, something bad just happens. And every time I try to make myself a little bit better, I just fall down a notch. Or every time I get new clothes, it just makes me feel the same. Or every time I try to do something, I just get stuck. Well, let me tell you, your soul needs a refreshment. Let me show you how to get it. I'll be at that next steps table back there. I want to talk to you about what a relationship with Jesus looks like. About refreshment. See, the truth is, we've all failed God. But the good thing is, is He never fails us. We all deserve pain. We all deserve eternal separation from God. But God says, man, just come have some ice cream with me. Like, don't worry about that. Come have a relationship with me. Sit down. See, it's crazy because the Bible doesn't talk that much about hell. The Bible talks more about Jesus. Now, there might be some churches that are like, hey, accept Jesus, you're going to hell. No, Jesus, you're going to hell. You're this, you're that, you're going to hell. See, you rarely hear us talk about hell. Because why do I need to talk about hell when sitting at a table with the Father is so good? I'm not trying to scare you out of hell. I'm trying to let you experience a table that's prepared for just you. Because the goodness of the Father will always bring joy. The goodness of the Father will always bring refreshment. So I want to talk to you about what that looks like. And maybe you're just in a really tough spot. And you're, you love Jesus. Like you've been following Him. And you just feel tired and exhausted. But I want to talk to you about that too. Because one thing that I believe is that when you're operating within community, your community helps remind you about that table. Your community helps you remind you that Jesus loves you. Your community helps you stay on track to accomplish the things that Christ has called you to. See, I love you guys. I'm thankful you guys are here. I think of you guys as my family. I really do. This week I was convicted that people aren't just numbers, but loving people is what matters. See, when you walk by somebody on the street, they're just not a number. They're a human being with problems. They're a human being in need of a relationship. Love them well. That's what Impact Drayton is about, loving God and loving others. And just in a moment, we have communion back there. So during this time of worship, go and experience communion. Now, I was also convicted about this this week. Is Communion is this amazing opportunity where we get to come and we get to remember the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made for us. That He died on the cross to give us salvation, to give us forgiveness from our brokenness. And when we take communion, we take up the bread and we dip it in the juice. And it's a resemblization of Jesus' body and Jesus' blood, which was poured out for us. Which was the last sacrifice, which was the perfect sacrifice to give us a relationship with Him. But communion is for people who are following Jesus. If you feel like your heart's a mess, then don't take communion. Because the Bible says that you need to correct that before you take it or... You can get sick, like literally. So as you go, I want you to think, I want you to pray, and I want you to uh, look on your relationship, reflect on your relationship with Jesus. Reflect in the areas where you feel like you need refreshment. Reflect on the areas where you feel like you need Christ. Reflect on how you're following Him and take that communion. And you can do that somberly, you can do that happily. Let's make big of Jesus and less of us.
Now also you'll see two buckets back there, okay? Those are cool buckets. That's where you put your offerings. Now offerings are just money that you give to the mission here. I was at QT a couple nights ago and this guy named Jesse came up to me and he's like, hey, can you give me some change? I was like, man, I ain't got no change, but I can buy you whatever you want. And we walked in and he was like, can you buy me a hot dog and a slushie? I was like, I'll buy you 20 hot dogs and slushies. I was like, what do you, well, just get what you want and let's go. And he got one hot dog and one slushie. He didn't even get the big slushie. I was like, man, come on, get that big slushie. And he's like, this is all I want. And I went up and I paid for it. See, the church allows us to do that. You guys allow us to do that. And I shared with him how good Jesus was. Because I'll never just give somebody money and be like, well, here you go. here's a small portion of what you get. I want to give them the full. I want to let them experience Christ in a big way. And I got an exciting thing that's coming up for y'all. Impact Drayton is going to start making candles. You guys are like, what? Yeah, candles. They're going to be soy and hemp candles made with essential oil. Now, why am I making candles? Well, I noticed that there is a lot of impoverished people in Spartanburg, especially Drake. So we're going to make these candles, and then we're going to sell them. And you're like, okay, so the church is going to make money off No, the church is not going to make money off these candles. 100% of the proceeds are going to go to change our community. If someone needs their rent paid, okay, let me pay your rent. Let's sell these candles. And it's also going to be, don't, don't think I'm letting you guys off from the offerings because you guys should be contributing to the mission of God. But these candles are going to be something that we pour completely into the community. We've got a couple stores who are going to sell them for us. We're going to have an Etsy shop, like all kinds of cool stuff. These handcrafted soy candles. And the father told me to do this. I went to Sarah and I was like, Sarah, God told me to make candles. And she was like, you don't know how to make candles? I was like, I know. I was like, but I'm going to do it. And I started praying about it. And a girl that goes to her named Sierra, she loves making candles. So God was lining it up. So we're going to change Spartanburg. We're going to change Drayton through the power of Jesus Christ, right? Like we are going to do that. And God is going to use these candles as a tool to do that. They're going to be called impact candles. Not because it's our church name, but because I believe these candles can make an impact. So you guys will have an opportunity to buy those in a couple of weeks and take them home. Have these fresh, amazing smells in your house that I personally handcrafted myself. (laughs) Right? Like you're going to be able to do that. Because we love our community. We love Jesus more than anything. And these candles will be just another way that we come to the Father we offer everything that we offer. So make sure to give your offering. Make sure to take communion and make sure to worship Jesus. Let's stand.